0: Welcome to the 3Edge View from the Edge for July 2023. I'm Fritz Foltz, the Chief Investment Strategist here at 3Edge, and joined here once again today by Eric Beagleisen, Director of Investment Research and Deputy Chief Investment Officer here at 3Edge Asset Management. Today, Eric and I will provide our firm's most recent outlook for the global capital markets, which is based on our proprietary 3Edge research model. This past holiday shortened 4th of July week begins the second half of the year, and during the first six months of 2023, we've witnessed resurgent equity markets, a resilient U.S. economy, and inflation that is declining but remains too high. Also during this past week, the Fed released the much-anticipated minutes from their last meeting which seemed to reinforce the likelihood of additional interest rate increases as soon as next week's FOMC meeting. The Fed minutes showed that almost all participants judged further rate increases would be necessary, even though they opted for a pause in the rate hiking cycle in June. So as we enter into the second half of the year, let me bring in Eric, our head of investment research, deputy chief investment officer to provide our firm's most recent outlook for the global capital markets. And Eric, uh, welcome back. And if you could start out with going through our asset class matrix and show us uh, what might have changed since last month.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. Thanks, Fritz. Um, So we don't see too much activity here. uh, But what is notable is that we have developed Asia, specifically Japanese equities, Bumping up from the mixed spot up into that plus one spot, um, having just been a month ago in the negative one spot. so things things are certainly on the move there. Uh, and then the other notable is just seeing China down into the negative two slot. We don't have a particularly favorable outlook on most of the the equities um, with the exception of Japanese equities. And many other assets are are more or less holding pat where where they currently are as well. but we'll we'll get into the details.
0: All right. Excellent. So now we will dig a little deeper into the major asset classes. And why don't we start uh, with U.S. equities, which, you know, obviously had a very good first half to the year. But um, I'm going to let you off the hook here by saying that they're overvalued. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it is it's what it is. But why don't you let us know what the model is telling us about the U.S. equity markets at this point?
1: Uh yeah, you stole my thunder with that overvalued. <laughs> We've been saying that for quite some time. Um, so that 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 rings true. Uh, U.S. equities did continue that advance in June. They were up over 6% for the month, bringing the gains for the year to around 17% through the first half of the year. That's pretty strong performance. But it is important to note, if you look back from the start of 2022 through the end of June 2023, actually, U.S. equities as measured by the S&P 500 are still down about 4.5%. Right uh, right. So I haven't actually gone anywhere in such a long period of time. in um, this advance, I would say was initially driven by a small handful of technology stocks, what I've heard some folks refer to as the Magnificent Seven, you know, tied to the productivity potential from generative artificial intelligence. But recently it does seem like it this this rally has broadened uh, uh broadened out a bit more into other sectors. So is this just a rising tide lifts all boats situation, or is this part of a broader sustainable rally? Uh, Of course, time will tell. You know, you noted uh, the minutes from the most recent Federal Reserve meeting suggest that more interest rate increases are are ahead uh, as Chair Powell and the team continue to wrestle with sticky inflation while attempting to avoid a recession. And while the lagged impacts of monetary policy are long and variable, the fiscal stimulus from the over one and a half trillion uh, dollars in recent acts passed by Congress continues to be supportive of the markets. And then you have to wonder, though, eventually the stimulus will run out and then the ultimate impacts of the Fed's aggressive rate hikes may be felt. And so the model research does continue to ind- indicate that U.S. equities remain highly overvalued, as you mentioned, and the potential for an economic slowdown also remains while we continue to have a sharply inverted yield curve along with somewhat elevated credit spreads. So given taken all together, the outlook remains negative.
0: Okay, excellent. So let's shift now our attention to Japanese equities, which, as you mentioned, according to our research, are the most attractive of the equity asset classes at, at this point. So what are the factors in our model that are making Japanese equities
1: attractive? Yeah, the model research continues to have this, this uh, positive outlook on Japanese equities, which by, by our measure are significantly undervalued and certainly relative to the S&P 500 while performing nearly as well year to date. Uh, Unlike the Fed and the ECB or the European Central Bank, the Bank of Japan, which is Japan's central bank, uh, continues to maintain a much more stimulative monetary policy uh, while the others are tightening. So that keeps interest rates uh, and the the corporate cost of capital relatively low. So overall, with these more favorable valuations, stimulative central bank, continued positive investor psychology, the research is, is finding Japanese equities attractive.
0: Okay. Let me ask you a follow-up to Japanese equities, then, if I could. So, you know, we're saying how the model uh, is favorable towards Japanese equities. Maybe you could also mention the outlook for the Japanese yen, since, you know, obviously when you're considering an investment outside the U.S. in another currency, you have to be aware of the currency implications. And I just know that we've had numerous conversations as an investment committee about the future direction of the yen. So maybe if you could just shed a little light
1: uh, Absolutely. On that question. Yeah. So we do, yeah, we do research the yen, we do model out the yen uh, as a currency, and and the model does currently find the yen unattractive, which makes sense given the, the the relative nature of how stimulative the Bank of Japan is. They've done no tightening. In fact, they've maintained their yield curve control um, while other central banks are tightening. So from that standpoint, it does seem to just you know, make sense that that would become a weaker currency. And So in theory, we generally would favor hedging the currency exposure in Japanese equity investments in portfolios. That said, food inflation is on the rise in Japan uh, and the BOJ could begin to tighten Um, or uh, more broadly speaking, a general equity sell off may result in the yen acting as a safe haven. So in both of those cases, We could see the yen appreciate so that's why we haven't gone full bore into just purely hedging all exposure but maybe want a, a little bit of a balance between the two so you could do a partial hedge partial hedge excellent very good that's
0: excellent thank you very much um okay let's shift gears again and and when you talked about the uh model research europe china and india all three of those equity markets You know, they're currently unattractive and they really haven't changed that much. I know China is a bit uh, less attractive now, but let's so let's just leave those be, if you will, and we'll shift gears and we'll talk about uh, the fixed income markets. And why don't we begin with interest rates and take a look at the U.S. Treasury market?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, with expectations for continued rate increases by the Federal Reserve, the 10-year bond yield has risen uh, somewhat and it's now over 4 percent again. Uh, and we're seeing the three-month Treasury bill rise as well. It's now over 5.3% in anticipation of a July rate hike. So you know, given this dynamic, we continue to favor shorter-term U.S. Treasury instruments, both T-bills as well as Treasury floating rate notes, which earn an attractive yield with relatively low duration and credit risk and, and, and most importantly serve as dry powder for opportunities that may lay ahead.
0: Absolutely. So you're, uh, did I hear you say the three month is now where? Five and?
1: 5.3. So above the, wow. the Fed's target range of five to five and a quarter, uh, presumably in advance of another 25 basis point hike this month.
0: Wow. It's a very different world than the past decade too. Yeah. Wow. All right. What about staying in the fixed income market? So why don't we talk a little bit about the corporate bond
1: market or the credit market and what is the model indicating there? Yeah, the research here hasn't changed much from from how we've talked about in the past. You know, remaining quite cautious on corporate credit uh, in the U.S. We, we already mentioned the inverted yield curve. We're also seeing widening credit spreads and widening TED spreads. That is the difference between the interbank rate minus the Treasury bill rate. You know, all of which taken together don't necessarily augur well for the outlook for corporate bonds.
0: Excellent. All right, let's shift gears and look at real assets now. We'll look at both gold and commodities. Uh, Why don't we start with gold?
1: Gold, yeah. Uh, Well, our current long-term outlook remains positive towards gold, and we still believe that in the long run, gold could serve as a better hedge than bonds against a potential downturn in in the equity markets. Um, That said, our model research indicates that gold could face headwinds in the shorter term, Uh, With further expected increases in in short-term rates by the Fed, as we've been talking about quite a bit, we may see real rates, that is nominal rates less inflation rise, and that would be a negative for gold. They are are near the high end of their more recent range currently. Uh, Over the longer term, should the Fed be forced to revert to a more stimulative monetary policy and once again inject liquidity in the financial system, the value of the US dollar could weaken and that there would likely be beneficial to gold. Um, and as we've mentioned previously, you know, holding some gold in the portfolio can hedge against geopolitical risks uh, in a world with no short, shortage of heightened tensions. So, you know, the outlook overall is a more cautious short term, but bullish longer term.
0: All right. Great. And what about. The other uh, area of real assets, which would be commodities, what do we see there?
1: Yeah, the outlook is remaining negative here, at least in the shorter term. You know, Commodities have struggled thus far in 2023, uh, one of the few assets negative year to date. For the remainder of the year, we just think commodity prices are going to be very tied to the growth path of the global economy, particularly in China, uh, which doesn't, with our outlook as, as negative as it is, that's not necessarily a favorable thing for commodities. So Commodity demand could be a risk uh, in the face of the lagged effects from all the monetary tightening by the world's major central banks.
0: All right. Excellent. All right, Eric, thank you. Thank you very much for providing your update or our update on the global capital markets as we head into the second half of the year. So that will do it for Eric and me for this month's edition of the View from the Edge. We will be back again in early August with our next monthly view from the Edge. Meanwhile, Steve Cucchiaro and I will be back next week with the next edition of the 3Edge Weekend Review. If you would like a hard copy of our full view from the Edge newsletter for July, you will find that on our website at 3 And as a reminder, our entire library of video content is always available on our 3Edge YouTube channel. So, on behalf of Eric and everyone here at 3Edge, thanks for listening. This commentary is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities. The opinions expressed in View from the Edge are those of Mr. Foltz and Mr. Beagleisen and are subject to change without notice in reaction to shifting market conditions. This commentary is not intended to provide personal investment advice and does not take into account the unique investment objectives and financial situation of the listener. Investors should only seek investment advice from their financial advisor. The observations include information from sources that 3Edge believes to be reliable, but the accuracy of such information cannot be guaranteed. Investments, including common stocks, fixed income, commodities, and ETFs all involve a risk of loss that investors should be prepared to bear.